Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But this ain't no nostalgia show. We're going to do something different. Comic book heroes all find their superpowers. Elvis found music. Uh, bring that bass up, Jerry. I wish to promote you, Mr. Preston. I believe I can be great. Some people wanted to put me in jail. It's the whale's moving. Don't so much as wiggle a finger. I'm going to show you what the real Elvis is In that moment, Elvis, the man, was sacrificed. Elvis the God was born. I would do anything to make sure my mom and daddy never have to live in poverty ever again. I think if you dream it, you'll do it. You do? Yeah. Colonel, you put an end to your boy's animal behavior, or we will. There's a lot of people saying a lot of things. But in the end, you gotta listen to yourself. You bled me dry and you still want more? I am a promoter. That is what I do. What you say is God-given, so there can't be nothing wrong with it. Baz Luhrmann's bold biographical film Elvis, with a remarkable performance by Austin Butler as Elvis, was recently named to the main competition at influential cinematography festival Camera Image, which opens November 12th in Poland. In advance of the event, today's guest is the movie's cinematographer, Australian director of photography, Mandy Walker. Mandy's credits include Parklands, Lantana, Hidden Figures, Mulan, and Disney's upcoming Snow White. Working with Lerman, her credits include his 2008 film, Australia. She serves on the boards of the American Society of Cinematographers and Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. In 2021, she was appointed a member of the Order of Australia and continues to inspire the next generation of cinematographers. I'm Carolyn Giardina. Welcome to the Hollywood Reporters Behind the Screen. Mandy, it's great to have you on the podcast, and congratulations on Elvis. Thank you, Carolyn. Happy to be here. Why don't we start with um, what attracted you to the project? Well, I always jump at a chance to work with Baz anytime. And as well as Australia, I've shot, um, you know, the two Chanel Number no. 5 campaigns with him, with Nicole Kidman and um, Giselle. And uh, so this is kind of our fourth project together. And uh, he contacted me uh, really early on. I think it was like about July 2019, something like that. And uh, one, I mean, I I love the idea and I love collaborating with him and um, I thought the script was amazing. And at that that point there was only a, a, um, a, 
a more basic script, but he talked me through the uh, story and his approach to telling the story. And also, you know, he'd been working on it for 10 years and he'd gathered together a lot of reference material and um, sort of him and Catherine Martin always put together a, a basically like a lookbook that they they have um, to present to the studio and he showed me that and it had like uh, historical references and images um, of uh, Elvis' life. And, uh, yeah, so it started from there. And I'm sure most of our listeners know, but just in case, um, Catherine Martin is uh, a producer with Baz as well as the film's production designer and costume designer. Would you talk about the visual style that you centred on? First of all, we had obvious uh, historical references that people are very familiar with that still exist online, like... um, Elvis Vegas performances and um, uh, his 68 special at NBC and um, some two of the concerts, one was um, The Hayride, which was one of the first performances he went on tour with where the Colonel discovered him, and then Russwood. And Russwood was documented uh, by um, Wertheimer, the photographer, and uh, he also took some 16 mil footage. So for a start, there was this um, these uh, concerts that Elvis had shot that everybody could look up and were familiar with. And so what Baz wanted to do was reproduce those as closely as we possibly could. So we, we spent a lot of time studying them and also working out um, the exact camera angles and lensing that they, how they'd shot it originally to match that but also there was um the drama of the film so as well as reproducing these concerts as exactly as we could just in everything like even the uh, the um lighting cues and the lighting design of the vegas showroom um i did a lot of study working out how they did that and exactly where the cameras were and what lenses they're using and you know when they zoom in and when they crane out things like that but there was the drama of the film and the drama of the film follows his life through, you know, a period of late 50s to um, when he dies in the 70s. And it's it's also got to do with um, the, the American culture that he grew up in and passed through and that influenced him, but also because he's such an iconic character and, and part of American history himself, it's how he affected American culture too. So there was those sort of points that, I had to um, have in the back of my mind all the time. And so looking at um, photographs and um, also some of Elvis' home movies and things like that too and and his time in Hollywood, there was a lot of visual information there and how we put that together in our film and how we were going to um, take the audience on that journey was something that we spent a long time putting together. And Baz is somebody who... He's a he's a great collaborator and he's very clear about getting everybody together, you know, art department, costume, hair, makeup, my team, which includes camera, grip, lighting, and making sure we're all on the same page. So we spend a lot of time testing and um and rehearsing with our little Baz and I would rehearse with um like block through with Austin and the rest of the actors, Tom Hanks and and with our likers, and we we would get in on in onto the sets, and he and I 
always run around with our little Leica cameras and, and look at images and, and angles. And that started really, really super early on with Austin. Um, we uh, ha- When he did one of his first um, auditions, um, I was there and, and, and took the opportunity to, to do that, to, to look at the angles on his face, to see where he looked most like Elvis, like what, you know, lenses looked looked um uh you know the the most like a lens that was used in the footage that we saw so I started really really early on and um and then Baz and I went to Panavision and we met with Dan Sasaki the lens guru at Panavision and um we spoke to him about story and about the the time that we were um replicating um visually you know the times that we were replicating visually and uh and we ended up making two pretty bespoke lens sets for um, the two time periods. And one of them was Elvis' life and up to when he lands in Vegas. And then after Vegas, we changed. And we shot Spherical for the first half of the film. And then we shot Anamorphic for when he goes to Las Vegas. And um, we kept a 2-4-0 aspect ratio through the whole film. So we shot on 65, um, Alexa 65 mil. And um, we decided on that pretty early on, actually, and we were looking at a lot of um, a lot of footage and, and we both looked at each other and said, you know, this is a film for the big screen and we want it to be epic. And, and what better format to shoot than 65mm? It's epic and his life is epic and it's, it's um, a big show. So that's how we got to that point technically. Let's do uh, the early part, the distinct look of the scenes when, you know, he's, you know, as a child in Mississippi um, and those early inspirations that he receives and then Memphis and the rest of those scenes. Would you talk a little more about the period look for those? Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of the reference for that, well, again, came from some of the photos that we found of Elvis and of the... um, the locations that that um, we could see, like Beale Street in Memphis, obviously we found a bit of um, historical reference to that. And also a couple of photographers we looked at that we followed quite closely in terms of colour and, um, and tone was um, Gordon Parks and Soul Lighter. And um, by studying their photos, the other thing that we did do is, um, again, we tested a lot. Baz tests a lot and we shoot tests. As soon as people come on board, it's a couple of months of shooting tests with all the elements and working out um, colour palette and costume and textures and um, and and how we move the camera, you know, and the, the lenses that we had made, we sent back a couple of times to be tweaked to get them exactly to the right place and also look up tables. So to get to the Memphis and um, Shake Rag, which is a very early Elvis when he's the 10-year-old Elvis, when he goes to the Pentecostal tent, a lot of that we found by looking at different LUTs, you know, in in um, with our DIT and setting a look that complemented the tones that, that the art department were putting in and we felt, and the location, like a, we'd go to the location and shoot tests as well. And so it was like um, refining and refining until we got to a place where we felt was um, correct for those scenes. And the same with Memphis. There was sort of a lot of pastel colours, a lot of um, 
secondary colours and um, but also some colours pop out like reds and um, green and, and so we sort of would do a lot of kind of working with paint colours and things like that and, and also just how we shot that footage was, um, uh, you know, we, we did a lot more sort of observational, like not so much documentary but, but more images that related to how we saw that still photography um, at that time. And um, But then there was always a drama. I mean, I talk about like Baz calls um, replicating the concert scenes, Baz called train spotting because there was train spotting and then there was riffing and there was also drama, points of drama. So once we got the train spotting, which was, uh, um, you know, working out the exact replication of the shots that were in the footage, then there's a drama of the characters and the drama of the camera, whether the camera is, um, how the camera's observing uh, Elvis or whoever's in the frame at the time and his relationship to the colonel, for instance, one good example of that is um, at the his first show at the Vegas showroom where um, Elvis is performing performing his first performance and the colonel's off at the table selling him off for the next five years. So there's about the relationship of the two of them with um, in that situation and then how when they get backstage um, they're, they're um, relating to each other at that moment. And so we always had to be uh, cognizant of the drama points of those scenes as well. Now, you you mentioned that you really studied, you know, the camera angles and everything to get it just right. Would you elaborate on filming those scenes in Vegas? Well, especially Vegas was one that, um, you know, Vegas in the 68 special we followed to a T, you know, the, 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 um, the coverage of the, well, for a start, the 68 special, at NBC was shot in a TV studio in the 60s. And um, so I had to get some zooms in that I felt matched the zooms that they had. And then we also were, because we saw up into the lighting grid, had to get lights that were um, of the period and that they would have used in a, in a TV studio at that time. And we scoured, like, all over Australia for old TV lighting same with um, when we were in, in Vegas too, we had to get some rock and old rock and roll lights. And and if they weren't there, we made some. And we made some um, TV lights with the art department and also the ground rows that they would use, you know, because if you, we actually, the thing that I did was having the reality, but also wherever I could, I had um, modern lighting involved so for instance when um because it was easier and I could use LED and if I could use LED I could um adjust have more control of the color and the dimming from a you know a a desk or an iPad we were on um and uh, for instance the ground rows you know if we had to put real tungsten bulbs in those ground rows they get really hot and the girls were always draping on top of them and Austin was really close to them and they were being like um they were being uh touched all the time so we got with together with the art department we made them and we put led lighting in them so that we could control them more and the same with you know a lot of the rock and roll lighting in the at the showroom for instance we built 
about a third of that showroom, which included the fully backstage. We made fully backstage and down the side of the stage and then the first third of the um, audience. So the second, uh, the, the actually it was probably a little bit more than a third, but that, so the continuation of the seats and the people was done in visual effects. But there was a, there's a particular shot in the documentary called That's the Way It Is that follows Elvis through that first show. And there's a shot that takes him all the way from backstage, from behind the backdrop, down the side of the stage where he tunes his guitar, walks to the side of the curtain, gets ready, goes on stage and starts performing. And we spent weeks, I know, rehearsing and plotting that journey. So we did it in one shot and we ended up going into the first three songs. So we we, we shot it like it was that first m- moment of the performance from of his journey through that performance. And... Um, we had, you know, five cameras all around plotted, but that main camera went on stage with him and uh, shot it all the way through for the, to the end of the third song. Um, and then again, we'd do it again with our cameras in different positions. But we spent like months planning that and, and working out like, again, the backdrop was something that I could light with LEDs because I could hide those lights in fixtures and have more control of the colour. But just in terms of doing that concept, matching the colour of the backdrop and the follow spot and when the follow spot went wide and when it went small, they were, it was all rehearsed and, and um, to a T. And, and then we'd do dress rehearsals. And so it was like a lot of preparation for those moments. The scenes at the International, that was a set? Yes. In Australia? Yes. The whole film was shot in Australia. Take us through that. So how, how much of the set was built and how many extras did you have? Tell us a little bit about that. It's a really big set. It, it's, um, it was, I think it was on a stage, it was about 300 feet long and about 100 foot wide. So we had, we built the stage up to the correct height. And so on that platform was built the backdrop, which we had a big silk made that went all the way around. There was a canvas that we backlit. And then so we could light the backstage area. And um, then there was, on. we built the whole of the onstage with the where the, all the instruments in the band would be, the side of the stage, and then the first, I'd say, about 60 feet of seating in front with the bonquettes and um uh, and all also off to the side for the entrances to the stage. So it was a really big set. I don't know exactly the dimensions now, but it was a really big set. And we also um, put in that huge gold curtain, that gigantic, and the mechanism for that, I can't tell you, it was it was a real feat um, to have that rigged and set up to be able to go up and down like in a theatre. You know, it was a big piece of um, dressing. We had um, like a rock, proper rock and roll lighting desk, but also that included our film lights too. And we had parkans, which are old rock and roll lights that they don't use very often anymore. And again, we had to source them from all over Australia, from old, you know, um, little concert halls and things like that, and brought them in, hundreds of them. For, um, because we would see them and they had to look real and nothing really looks like that unless you have them. And so we would have them, 
test a lot of gels and I te- did a lot of like filming of testing of gels to get the right colour. And some of our crew, I remember um, some of the lighting crew, the young people had not really worked with lights like that, like full tungsten lights were getting burnt, changing the gels and everything. Um, and then I had three fuller spots up on towers at the back. And uh, so we would rehearse on camera so that we got all the colours right, tested a whole lot of different gels. And then um, for our camera positions, I would get all the camera operators in and the grips and lighting. Again, we'd have meetings where we'd sit and watch the footage and stop it and go, okay, this camera here, this one we feel like is 20 foot high and this it feels like this type of lens and then we'd go and test that and we'd have stand-ins and we'd work out exactly what they were. And in the TV studio uh, for 68 Special, we actually put one of our um, cameras in the housing of an old TV camera so that we would have exactly the right angle at the right time and um, and that we set up a little monitor that we built into it to look like one of the old black and white monitors. And uh, so that was, so we could have it in shot, but it was also shooting one of the angles that we were replicating. What was a favourite scene of yours to shoot? I have to say I loved the showroom. I think the showroom was my favourite scenes to shoot and because we did a lot of coverage there and we also turned that stage into multiple other stages when we were doing our montage sequences for other concerts and we would change the colour of the backdrop and then I would change the colour of the lights and then the art department would move and change the instruments and and sometimes, you know, the stands that the instruments are on or take them out and create different levels and change the flooring. And um, But we did it pretty quickly, actually. But I think the showroom for that opening night is my favourite and I'm really proud of it because I feel like there is some footage at the beginning of that sequence that is the real showroom. It's from the real film. And um, it was 35mm anamorphic footage from that MGM, I think it was, shot. I can't remember. Anyway, we had footage from the original documentary and Baz got access to the outtakes too. So we studied it really meticulously. And um, and and so when you see that sequence, there's, the, there's, there's real documentary footage from that movie integrated with our footage. And that happens a couple of times where you go back and forward. And the other thing we did for a lot of those montage sequences, you know, where we had the split screen, is we added um, film grain to some of the images to match up a little bit more with the archival footage. And that includes, like, also the what looked like Super 8 footage that, that Elvis had done himself and some of our footage that we shot And so it's all sort of integrated to be different sort of elements that fit in together to create that sort of vision of history that we we know and that we can see. You can go on YouTube and see that footage um, and fans would know it and and recognise it. So we were very meticulous about how we rehearse that. And, and, you know, a lot of our tests actually, and this is always the same with Baz, when you shoot tests with him, a lot of those tests end up in the movie. So we'd be doing very, very early tests like um, with Austin on stage for whether it was costume or just looking at lighting colours or whatever and um, they're in the movie. 
and uh, some of the some of the Super 8 footage of him like riding the golf cart round at Graceland that was a test, and um, that's in the film. So I, I always am very conscious of that when we're um, shooting because it's not like you you're doing a test that is arbitrary it always means something and 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 it's always whether it's telling us or you know forming ideas for how we're going to shoot things or it is what we shoot that's in the movie you know you always have to have us have to be cognizant of that along the way in pre-production but like I said we do things like um for the um you know the motorhome that that Elvis has outside MGM studios that it's where he when he's during when he's shooting the Hollywood movies and Priscilla comes in, you know, there's a couple of scenes in that motorhome and with Jerry Schilling. We built that for one shot, which, um, you know, it was in terms of the, the structure so that we could do that big crane shot where we pull back with Elvis and Priscilla for that, mont- that, that sequence where he's introducing the Memphis Mafia and just before they go, um, when they're going to... Uh, Hollywood and we put the crane in there and so we made sure that, that we could have our big Techno crane, a Scorpio 45-foot crane, start at the back and be able to come all the way back with him at his eye height and drop down at the right time. So we built the structure so that that would fit but also at the same time we'd use it to test the different colours of red, the reflective surfaces, the mirror, the gold, the the costume in that environment and um and so it, it, a test was never wasted, you know. It was always all the elements. You would never shoot, Baz would never shoot like an actor on a grey screen for costume and makeup. There's always other, there's a whole lot of stuff we're going to test at the, the same time, whether it's a part of a set or a set or a, an exterior or some props or something that, that it, it always ends up being um, very informative for everybody actually. And then he sang live during the shoot, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, he did. And um, I think it was up to about halfway through the movie it's Austin singing. And then it's Austin singing over Elvis or with Elvis and then it's Elvis' voice after that. Really captures the energy of the performances. Exactly. And just, you know, the energy of his move, moving and dancing and the way he performs was very inspiring to everyone. And because we would spend so much time all becoming very familiar with these sequences of the movie, um, I remember one of the camera operators said to me, you know, I know when he's going to put up his hand and and do it really quickly and go (laughs) like this and I'm ready for it, you know. Or, for instance, even in Hayride when we were doing that, the first... um, that concert with the pink suit, you know, and he was wiggling and dancing and the pants were... CM spent a long time getting those pants just perfect, you know, for the way he moved. And 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 then I I just know that we knew he was going to throw his guitar out the way and, and that, you know, that he's going to wiggle his hips and everybody was ready for that. It was never sort of a situation where um, we would be um, not prepared, you know, and, and we spent, Baz is very good at that. And But what he does at the end of that, so we've got all this stuff, the train spotting, the drama and then a lot of times he'll do what's called riffing and it means that he's seen something or he has an idea or he's in the moment and he feels the emotion of something and he'll say okay and he'd stand next to the crane 
and be directing the crane move and the focus and the and the um you know the lighting even and the grips and he's like a conductor and he will be near the camera and he's where everybody's watching and and he will do a a, a shot or a couple of shots that is what he calls riffing and it's always in the moment and and a lot of times it's just something that happens from um what's happened in the in the in the drama or the actors have brought something to the scene and it's like I always say he's like adding icing to the cake like it it's always something that adds to to what we've already planned and 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 all that you know, you feel that emotion in the moment is basically what it is. And, for instance, um, there's one one sequence that we did that, that reminds me of that working in a really good way is um, when um, Priscilla is leaving Elvis at Graceland and we built Graceland exterior on location and we built the interiors on stage and... Um, we did we built the two levels the the ground floor and the first floor separate so they were all both on the on the ground level and there's that scene where she's leaving him in the bedroom and we were planned to do that shot in the bedroom one day and then the next day we we're going to go and do the downstairs as when they continue and they're coming down the stairs and you know he's crying and and she hugs him and she leaves and um when we were rehearsing it we were doing it in one set and then we moved to the next set. And and Baz said, why don't we just shoot it all in one? Like, why don't we just keep going? Why don't we keep the cameras rolling? And we all run to the next set and set, and just stop and keep rolling. And so the, it meant that the actors were in the moment and, and it was a really emotional scene. And so you had 30 people. We rehearsed it again, 30 people kind of running from one set to another reframe the lighting would change and boom and we'd keep going and and it was in the quickest time that we possibly do it but again it's not it's not a documentary it's a drama so it wasn't like we were just winging everything it was always um it was always you know with within the style of the movie that we were shooting and the visual language we never you know went away from that and all of a sudden said we're going to go handheld and crazy you know, if we were going to go handheld for a scene, it was planned beforehand and, and in that sense of, of, of you know, the, what would suit the drama of the moment, for instance, when Elvis is um, going pretty crazy in his hotel room and he's shooting the TVs and um, there's a girl in his room and, and he thinks somebody's out to get him and he's opening the door with a gun and... Um, that we shot handheld because it felt right for that, the drama of the, that scene and the emotion of that scene. Do you want to talk about another scene early in the film when um, he's a young boy in Mississippi and he's watching the dancers through the crack and uh, your lighting, just having it streaming in between the boards, I thought was... Yeah. Well, it's a very basic location, you know, because it's a shed out in, in a very poor area and how are they going to have like a sexy nightclub sort of feel to the music and, and the atmosphere. So for me, I remember getting together with Baz and Catherine and, and Karen Murphy and working out that, you know, these shafts are like, they're like little spots, spotlights, you know, they're like lighting that's, that's giving a, a mood 
it to this scene and it's dark and even though it's daylight coming in. And to Elvis, it was like something really sort of um, otherworldly and special and, you know, there was sexiness to the dancing and the singing was soulful and the way that we set that up and the sort of she was wearing that red dress and, and so I wanted to create that feeling that it was like a, you know, a very sort of, um, yeah, it's like like the version of a nightclub without any lights, without any any structure of, of that you're used to, and um, yeah, and then the same with you know when we went to the Pentecostal church, you know he runs across the road and um, there's like shafts of light coming through. It's like there's holes in the tent and there's big shafts of light, and he ends up sort of in the middle in this ray of of sun at this special moment when he's feeling the music and and it takes him away and um so it's sort of how do we create that in a natural setting with daylight and with no no it's it's like it's lighting that happens it creates a mood without lights without structure but it was how how to create that that feeling to an audience of, of his experience how did you feel after shooting the big concerts very elated. We would all go home singing, <laughs> and 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 uh, because the the songs are fantastic, you know, we would, I, I really loved it, and I felt like I was there at that concert, you know, and I was really proud of what we achieved because it was a it was a huge achievement. I think um, I was really happy with everybody's work, you know, it was really great. Everyone loved loved being there for those scenes. So uh, next you're on Snow White, and you. You've been shooting in London and now LA, is that right? Yes, yes. I've been on this for nearly, well, actually a year, almost a year. Anything you could tell us about the film? Uh, not yet. I can tell you we're doing <laughs> we're doing live action Snow White and um, where Mark Webb is the director and Rachel Zegler is Snow White and Gal Gadot is the evil queen and Andrew Burnap. Is also the the lead and we're uh, the male lead and we're having a great time. It's really fantastic. It's very different than Elvis, um, so <laughs> it's exciting for me. It's but yeah, it's been fun. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview. It's it's always great to talk to you, Mandy. <laughs> oh, thank you, Carolyn. Same here. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.